Good morning. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to um, get myself set here with my computer. I should have made paper copies of what I wanted to say today, but that's okay. It's right here. Thank you for being here this morning. It's great to see you all. And for those of you joining us on our online screen, we thank you for being with us today as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, today is a major feast day of the church. It is one of the twelve major feasts. Let me ask you, perhaps you recall from previous sermons, but is Pascha, is Easter considered one of the twelve? No. What you remember that? Easter is not considered one of the twelve because Easter is the feast of feasts. <clears throat> so it stands by itself. So in addition to Easter, in addition to Pascha, there are twelve major feasts in the church. And today, the entrance of the Theotokos into the temple that we celebrate every year on November 21st is one of those major feasts. Now for each major feast of the church, the night before, there is a Vesper service. And during the Vesper service, for each major feast, the Old Testament, readings from the Old Testament are offered to the community. And these Old Testament readings point towards the purpose of the feast. So last night we had great Vespers here at the church, and one of the Old Testament readings that I want to share with you very briefly uh, makes a point. Listen to what the book of Exodus says. This is Moses now talking to the people of Israel. He says, You shall also set the altar of gold for the incense before the ark, and put up the veil for the door of the tabernacle of testimony. You shall take the anointing oil, and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it, and you shall consecrate it and all its utensils, and it shall be holy. You shall anoint the altar of burnt offerings and all its utensils, and consecrate the altar. The altar shall be most holy. So what is Moses saying to the people of Israel? Everything in the temple must be consecrated with what? Oil. Now today, we continue to consecrate with oil. For example, the altar was consecrated with oil, right? The church was consecrated with oil. Icons are consecrated with oil. But some of these utensils that we use today are not consecrated with oil, but are prayed over. So for example, this lavada, the spoon that I use to distribute communion every Sunday, a prayer was offered for this lavada to set it apart for God that it may be used for the purpose of bringing holiness to the people of God. So this spoon, because it was prayed over, consecrated, if you will, cannot be used for any other purpose. And in fact, I remember when Bishop Gerasimos first became our bishop, and he was in the altar there, he said to me, Father Dean, remember, every time you touch something, whether it's a spoon, or whether it's a, it's a chalice, or whether it's the gospel book, always wear your stole. Because these utensils, these instruments, are consecrated and are holy and set apart for God. So, today, we also, like I mentioned to you, we consecrate the altar with oil, icons with oil. What else do we consecrate with oil? People. When do we consecrate the people with oil? During baptism, right? The putting of oil on the 
baby is an Old Testament tradition that has been Christianized. So when we put the oil on the baby, what are we doing? We're saying, Lord, we're giving this child to you. We're offering this child for you that this child's life may be holy. So why do I share this with you today in the context of this beautiful feast? Well, the feast of the Virgin Mary entering the temple that we celebrate today, here she is, Yeruki Manana, of course, which were, could not have children, and they prayed to God fervently that God would provide a child for them. And they said, Lord, if you give us a child, we will, we will give it to you, we will offer it to you. So sure enough, they conceived, the Virgin Mary was born, and when the Virgin Mary was three years of age, her parents, Yeruki Anna, took her to the temple. And she lived in the temple for nine years. And she was raised in the temple by the priests. And as our tradition and the hymns of the church teach us, she was nourished by the angels of God. And then, of course, she, through the power and grace of the Holy Spirit, right, brought our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into, into the world. But why did she go into the temple? Because she wanted to prepare herself to bring Christ into the world. She wanted to walk a road of holiness, that Christ, that through her life, Christ may manifest himself, our Lord and Savior, coming into history in the world by brothers and sisters in Christ. So I submit to you on this day that this feast is not only her feast, but it's my feast, and it's your feast as well. Because why do we come into the temple? Why do we come to the temple? to lead, walk a journey of holiness. We've been consecrated unto the Lord through the, when our godparents put holy oil on us, whether we were baptized or confirmed, we were consecrated with oil. And we are here, you and I, that we may walk a road of holiness unto God. Now, I don't know about you, but the problem with that is that at least for me, I can only speak for myself, and maybe you, some of you have had this experience as well. It's so easy to get sidetracked. It's so easy to get sidetracked from our faith. Especially now during this Advent season. Here we are, we're supposed to be fasting and preparing to receive Christ into our hearts, that he may be born in our souls, that we may, like the Panagia, share, the, share him with the world. And while we are fasting, what's the world doing? The world is feasting. And when Christmas comes, and we're invited to feast over those 12 days, what's the world doing? Recovering. Because <laughs> they're so tired, right? So the world, so our, our spiritual life in the world, we're kind of out of sync. And so we have to work so much more the harder to stay, to stay focused, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I remember uh, when I was um, a, a few years younger, <laughs> um, and prior to becoming a priest, you know, when uh, I, had, I was in flight school back in the 70s, then we were learning how to uh, fly and only on instruments. I mean, certainly things are a lot different now. Everything's computerized. Things are a lot different, but the premise is the same. You have a primary instrument that shows that you have to keep your eyes on and you have to stay focused on, especially when you're in the clouds and you don't have a horizon. You can't see the horizon. 
The, the purpose of this instrument is to keep the plane stable and steady in flight under instrument con conditions when you can't see outside the window only because you're in a cloud and you just can't see outside. There's, there's no horizon. If you take your eyes off that instrument for two seconds, guess what can happen to the airplane? You can lose control of it just like that. Now things are different now because they have computers that fly the airplane and the computers are connected to the instruments. But I think you get the point. We take our eyes off those instruments for just a few minutes, a few seconds, and we could be in trouble. Now, if you extrapolate that and think about our faith, prayer is so important. Fasting is so important. Almsgiving is so important. Coming to confession, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is so important. Why? Because when we do that, it's like looking at that, at that instrument that helps to keep the plane level. It's like looking at that instrument, staying focused on that instrument that keeps our spiritual life on track. Because the world is so powerful with all of its temptations. If we take our eyes off of that, even for a short period of time, we can wake up one morning and say, wow, what happened to my faith? Now, I know this is true for me, perhaps it's true for some of you as well, because all of us are human. It happens to me, it happens to all of us. But this Advent season, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is an invitation for you and I to focus back on that instrument, to focus back on Christ, that we may become holy vessels of God. Just like Nehemiah became a holy vessel of God by entering into the temple, we are invited to do the same through prayer, through fasting, through almsgiving, through confession. We may continue to be holy vessels of God that we may bring Christ out into the world. Father Connie Ayers in his writings on a different piece, but it applies today, says the following, and I quote from his writings. Father Connie Ayers says, and I quote from his writings, as we read the epistles of St. Paul, we see that he uses one phrase over and over again. One thing, one thing he keeps saying, that I may know Christ, everything else is refuse. This one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward in Jesus Christ. Nothing but Christ has value. Nothing but Christ will endure forever. He is the great treasure, the pearl of great price. In him reside all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the way, the truth, and the life. To believe in him is to have life eternal, forgiveness, peace, joy, purpose, and meaning. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I leave you today with this thought. We were consecrated with holy oil when we were baptized. That means something. And you know, that's why I love baptisms. Because every time I celebrate a baptism, it reminds me of my own baptism. Of course, I don't remember it. I was only six months old at the time. But it's a renewal. Celebrating a baptism, or when we go to a baptism, it's a renewal of our own baptism. We were consecrated with oil. This altar was consecrated with oil. Just like an altar became holy through the consecration and anointing of the oil, we've been anointed with oil, so we are invited, you and I, walk a journey towards holiness. It's not always easy. We may take a few steps back here and there. 
The invitation is for always, always for all of us to keep, to keep moving forward. Because remember, like Martha and Mary in today's gospel lesson, Martha was preoccupied with much serving. And not that that was wrong, but in her preoccupation with much serving, she forgot what was good. Mary, of course, reminded her of what was good because she was sitting at the Lord's feet, right? So, may we be like Mary, sitting at the Lord's feet, because my brothers and sisters in Christ, one of these days we will go to be with God. The world will pass away, but we, you and I, who do the will of God and walk this journey of holiness, as invited by the Panagia to stay out on her feast through the blessings of the Lord, we, our souls, will abide forever. Yeah, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, bless us all and keep us this.